The views expressed in this program are those of the participants. Backstabbing, adultery, and betrayal. That is why I hate politics. Representatives of the people should be honorable. They should be trustworthy. Well, I'm sure some of them are. Welcome, everyone. It is Thursday, September 2nd, 2021. I'm Bob Metz. And I'm Robert Vaughn. And this is Just Right, broadcasting around the world and online. Join us for an hour of discussion that's not right-wing. It's Just Right. Fade into color, color into black and white. Under the bedclothes, everything will be alright. Well, when it comes to politics and politicians, the average voter, sad to say, doesn't know who to trust or what to trust. But to borrow on a popular principle that explains much of human folly, <laughs> it ain't so much what voters don't know that gets them into trouble, it's what they do know that just ain't so. And isn't that true, Robert? <laughs> I've, been, I've been learning that slowly and painfully over the decades, true, yes. Yeah. Well, with the Canadian federal election now in full swing, Robert and I will be taking a few swings at some electoral superstitions ourselves, right after our reminder that you can write us at feedback at justrightmedia.org, hear us on WBCQ and on Channel 292 Shortwave, follow and like us on your favorite podcast platform, and visit us at justrightmedia.org, where you can access all of Just Right's social media links and our archived broadcasts. As always, your financial support is appreciated and is what makes this show possible. Well, Robert, here we are in the middle of a political pandemic, and I think we have two pandemics going on. One, one is called the Canadian election. What do you think of that? <laughs> well, I think it's a pandemic of absolute folly and stupidity. If you just look at people like Aaron O'Toole and Trudeau falling over themselves to try to buy everybody's votes. Well, that's a given. And, you know, that's, that's one of the first things that everybody's talking about is being a top election issue, and that's the unnecessary calling of an, of an early election. And some people are saying that it was called because, well, the polls are high. Well, I, I like it because any opportunity you get to kick the bums out, I relish. So give me an election every week as long as Trudeau's in power or an Aaron O'Toole. Give me an opportunity to kick him out. Yeah, I agree. But but the question remains, why would Trudeau have called the election now, right? Because oh, well, the Liberals he, are always um, opportunists. They see themselves high in the polls, and they were. Um, they, they dropped a slight bit just before the election call, but by then he was already sort of committed because the word was out he was going to go to Rideau Hall and ask for an election. And so, yeah, no, it's pure opportunism. He thought he could get a majority. I agree with you that he should be committed. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, I think there's more to it than just opportunism. I think there's a lot going on right now. People are waking up. And I think if he waits too long, he, he may figure he's going to be in a worse, worse situation than he was before. From everything that's going, something there, yes. From everything that's going on south of the border to what's happening with all the vaccines and the revelation of how destructive those vaccines are. I mean... Ah, but there, there's a flaw in oh. that reasoning, if I might suggest... Okay. And that is that 80% of the people out there believe Trudeau and O'Toole and the narrative of the COVID. They believe it. They're getting vaxxed. About 80% of the entire nation is, is so-called vaxxed. 
Um, there's 20% holdout, and I think that that'll probably remain at about 20%. But we're, we're um, a different kind of breed, you and I, Bob, and the people that we associate with. We're very steeped in alternate media. We're very steeped and, and, and sort of like computer adept when we see something that the CBC or the CTV or the Global News or any of the mainstream welfare press put out, we are immediately skeptical. We already uh, see the agenda behind their news, so-called. And that is not the view of the vast majority of Canadians. They are quite willing to go about their lives and trust the government, unfortunately. Uh, that's in my estimation, I, I think. Well, actually, I think your point is well taken, and it, but I actually think it feeds into mine. I think, yeah, that's where they are now, but will they be there two months from now? Because it's, never mind social media. They just have to look around them now. It's getting too hard to avoid the damage from what is going on right in their own homes. And, and now people are finding out that when they get two jabs, they still have to wear a mask? What? I still have to get vaccine? I have to get a passport? What? They thought they signed up for a different deal. And those people are coming over in droves. And I think Trudeau and the gang are trying to beat that crowd. You're hearing it in the States. You're hearing it everywhere. People are feeling betrayed, the ones that went ahead and listened to the BS. Right? They're now in a situation realizing they they didn't buy their freedom. They bought nothing. They didn't even buy their health. All they did was... And with the number of people actually dying as a direct result of being vaccinated, and that number is starting to soar, VAERS has already reported over 13,000 Americans dead from the vaccination. uh, Yeah, and I think think those numbers are drastically low. Well, there was a Harvard study that shows that only 1% of doctors report to VAERS. So if that number is correct, then 1.3 million have died. And that's what makes this whole situation so remarkable. We're, we're, this is an election unlike any others. And there are other issues, of course. There's the Afghanistan war and the fall of Kabul, which you have discussed at length with Salim Mansour on Just Right's video platforms. And, of course, there's the economy, about which Trudeau denies any knowledge or interest. And what's really interesting is that we're seeing people attacking Trudeau on the election trail in a way that we've never seen before. And by attacking, I mean verbally assaulting him <laughs> with all kinds of expletive delete, deleted and um, anger that we've never seen before, calling him a murderer and all that sort of stuff. Ever seen anything like that before? I, it's funny. I just tweeted out not too long ago that um, I actually heckled, this is a true story, I actually heckled Pierre Elliott Trudeau when he was campaigning in the 1980 election, he appeared at my university, Memorial University in Newfoundland. And uh, uh, myself and a couple of friends went up there specifically just to heckle the guy, right? And we did. We heckled him. But you know something? He was like a Don Rickles. He could put you down real quick. He was oh, yeah. sharp. He was witty. He was funny. And, um, boy, we got put in our place real quick. <laughs> Not like this turd of a son that he has who is actually now trying to be victim. Oh, they're shouting at me. I had to cancel an event because they're shouting at me. Are you kidding me? What happens when soldiers start pouring over our borders, you know, with guns and stuff? Are you going to shy away and cancel everything? (laughs) You know, he's such a coward. Nothing like his father. And and, and really, I did not like his father, of course, or his policies, but he had much more uh, of a sense of how to you know, much, much thicker hide 
Oh yeah, and Justin does. Yeah, him and John Chen made a good team on that That's true. front. That's true. Uh, but you know, it's really funny you mention that because I'm, I was just looking at my own London Free Press here, which is part of the National Post, and in the National Post section, there is an article written by John Iveson with the headline, Crackpot Protests, Just the Tonic Trudeau Needs. Right, And he writes, quote, If opportunity often comes disguised as misfortune, the growing anti-vax protests following Justin Trudeau across the country may prove to be just what the doctor ordered for the liberals. <laughs> and yes. so, so does that make sense to you? It does. It does. This is um, like the January 6th event in Washington. It was a non-event. The police let the people walk in. It was planned by the left. And they used it as a way to, to be able to surround Washington Capitol with armed troops and then plead victim. See, look at all of our opposition. They're violent. They're insurrectionists. And this is what Trudeau's doing, except it's like in a, a tempest in a teapot. He's actually canceling events. He's saying that it's because they can't vouch for their safety. He's surrounded by RCMP officers. Um, because some mothers in dishwashing aprons are running out of their house, shouting at him as a traitor, which he is. And, and you know, that, that's what's scaring him? No, this is all false. This is, he's been advised to plead the victim here to try to disparage Canadians who oppose well, him. I, th- I, think he's just, I just think he's playing the same card as he's playing with the independent media, who he refuses to answer questions to. And by the way, Jagmeet Singh is doing the same thing. So did the Bloc Quebecois. They won't talk to rebel media at all, which is amazing. And then we have, you know, the countervailing forces of somebody who ran for the PPC, Frank Vaughn, who was talking about voting against instead of for. Uh, shall we listen to that and then have a couple of comments about that? Yeah, sure. Let's play. Okay, here it is. I'm going to address the left first. You know that Trudeau's a nightmare. Now, the good news is this. The Conservative Party of Canada is a left-of-center party as we speak right now. They are not anti-gay. They're not anti-anything. These guys support some of the most liberal policies that could possibly be imagined. So this idea that the CPC is some sort of great demon in the minds of the left, it's untenable. They are the left now. So you can support the Conservative Party of Canada and still support your leftist ideals. We just might be able to get rid of the disgust we feel for Trudeau by getting rid of him. Now, to the Canadian right, and this is actually, it's not just to the Canadian right, it's, it's to Canada in general, guys. Here's your options. You're disgusted with the Conservative Party of Canada. You're disgusted with their leftward drift. You're disgusted with the lack of courage that they're showing. You could vote a protest vote because the PPC right now is just a protest vote. There's one riding in this country where the PPC might deserve your vote, and that is in the Bows in Quebec. And it should be Max's priority to win the Bows, just like it should have been his priority in 2019. And he lost it because he has bad judgment and he took it for granted that he was going to win. The PPC is acting as a national spoiler until Max gets his seat in the Bows. So if you live in the Bows and you want to vote for something different, support Max Bernier. If I lived in the Bows, I'd probably vote for Max. As much as I have a problem with his dictatorial nature, as much as I have a problem with the fact 
that he is still running a one-person party, and now there's just a well-paid dictator sitting atop the PPC hierarchy who does not want to share power and is scared of his members. I might still support him if I lived in the Bose. Everywhere else in the country, they're just spoilers. They ain't gonna win. They're gonna secure the win for Justin Trudeau everywhere else. I would support Derek Sloan 100% in Banff because he's attacking the Conservative Party whip in his own riding in Blake Richards. This is the guy who's responsible for kicking every free-thinking conservative out of the Conservative Party of Canada. Nobody is a bigger censor, other than maybe the leader of the Conservative Party, than Blake Richards. And so here's how I would vote. If I lived in the Bows, I'd probably vote for Max. If I lived in Banff, I would probably vote for Derek Sloan. If I lived in Hastings, Lennox, Addington, I would vote for Derek Sloan's wife. Everywhere else in this country, vote Conservative. It's that simple. For those of you who say, well, if... We get O'Toole and it's the same policies as Trudeau, just dressed in the color blue. If there's only one thing we get out of this election, just one thing, it would be to see Trudeau's backside leaving Ottawa forever. If somebody's going to hold me down and jam a needle in my arm and force me to take a treatment that I don't want, I'd rather look at O'Toole's face while it's happening than Justin Trudeau's. I'm so sick of his face. I don't like... The PPC acting as a spoiler all across this country. They're not going to gain mass support. They're not going to gain mass approval. And there's a reason for that. It ain't a party. It's a dictatorship. What is the best potential outcome? A conservative party minority led by Aaron O'Toole. Why is that a good thing? Because it will deadlock parliament. Nothing will get done. And the best times in Canadian history have been minority governments where nothing gets done. Because every time the government does something, they screw everything up. A conservative party minority deadlocks things, forces the Conservatives to change, forces the Liberals to change, forces the NDP to change, actually to get more realistic. If you actually were to elect Derek Sloan, put him in the House. If you were actually to elect in the Bows, Max and Bernier and put him in the House, it changes the dynamic of everything. It changes the Conservative Party. It changes the political landscape. And that's the best possible outcome. And we don't have to look at Justin Trudeau anymore. The best thing that we can do is kick him out of power. And the only way to do that is by strategically voting all across this country. You want to support Der Derek Sloan? You go ahead. You want to support Bernier? Support him in the Bows. Vote CPC everywhere else. Let's kick this guy out. Now, listening to Frank, um, by the way, and I respect Frank, because I think he's a genuine character and, and genuinely uh, has the country's interest at heart. But I think he's totally misguided on a couple of things. Well, first of all, political parties. But you covered that before. Yeah, he, he's on another uh, show. Yeah, yeah. And so we'll I'll, I'll leave that. But it's about strategic voting, and I believe the T Canadian Taxpayers Federation also came out with an ad saying anybody but Trudeau, right? Right. There is a faulty thinking to this, and I and I liken it to the following type of scenario: a man falls overboard in the ocean. And he finds a soggy plank to hang on to, just to keep his head above water. And he's there for days, bobbing up and down in the ocean, hanging on to this plank. And along comes a steam liner. You know, they throw him a, a, a life preserver, which is connected to the boat, and they can haul him up, haul him up to safety, out of the water. But he says, nah. I'm sort of used to the plank. I'll just hang on to this because my head is above water and that's all I really need. I don't need to get out of the, the ocean. You know, and besides, yeah. I'll probably risk 
drowning if I just sort of like let go of my board and grab onto your life preserver and go to safety. It's almost like the same thing. They're hanging on to two political parties, the conservatives and the liberals, because they're so used to the devil you know, and they don't want to take any chance or risk of giving up on those two f failed parties, which is basically, in the analogy, the ocean that's trying to drown him. And they don't yeah. want to grab for the life preserver. The, the PPC is the life preserver. Maxime is the life, pres uh, the, the life preserver. And that, that's the analogy I get. But strategic voting will always, always, always maintain the status quo. You've seen the memes out there of left, right, left, right. Yep. And, and, you know, you go back and forth. But they're all going in the same direction over a cliff. Whether it's conservative, liberal, conservative, liberal. They're all moving into the right, same direction um, with various nuances, nuanced political differences to them that are really no differences at all, especially on a campaign trail because they all lie. And they just can't stop this juggernaut of globalism. They don't want to get off, get off of that track and go for something that will truly save them, restore this country, and, and, and why? Absolute fear. Oh my God, if you vote PPC, Trudeau will get back in. Yeah, well, you know what? If you vote PPC, I mean, Aaron, even if Aaron O'Toole gets in, he's just as bad, if not worse. And I've, I've, I've said this before in speeches, that the conservatives are worse than the liberals for one main reason. They give you hope, and they always, without fail, always dash it. They always yep. dash your hopes. They are lying, deceitful sons of bitches who are playing you. They are the firewall between freedom and Justin Trudeau and the liberals. The liberals are the, <laughs> the natural governing party of this country, as they have been called. And the, it's the job of the conservatives to make sure that nobody like Maxime can breach the gates, you know, can, well, yeah. can approach the liberals. You know, the only reason I would even consider discussing Frank Vaughn's views that he just expressed is because it's, it's a view that I see shared uh, among a lot of people. They're voting for the lesser of a given number of evils, and of course voting for the lesser evil is still voting for evil. And as far as strategic voting, I mean, Frank's message was both also to the left. He told the left-wingers not to vote for Trudeau, but to vote for the Conservative Party, because it's a leftist party, and all he cares about is getting rid of Trudeau. That is... That is worse than a protest vote. He says PPC now is just a protest vote. That's ridiculous. Uh, if you want to look at it that way, every vote is a protest vote. And anybody who's worried about a wasted vote, if they, if they follow the logic of that through, if you don't want to waste your vote, then you have to vote for the winner. And if you think the winner is going to be a liberal, then you got to vote liberal. Otherwise, your vote's wasted. Exactly. This right. is the old Kentucky Derby type of scenario where you, you're, you're trying to vote for the winner. Right. Regardless of the fact that you've got your own pony in the show, you don't want to vote for him because, oh, because he's going to lose. Well, I'll just vote for the winner. Like, how idiotic. <laughs> this isn't a horse race, people. Yeah. This is, a, this is a fight for your life and your freedom. It's a long fight, and you may not get it in this election or the next, but if you continue to vote so-called strategically or hold your nose and vote for the likes of an Aaron O'Toole, you will never, ever get out of this mire of socialism, and you deserve what you get. Well, there are so many fallacies in Frank's reasoning, I, I, I could spend two shows on it. 
Well, I like but, the fact that he's calling Maxime a dictator, and he has his <laughs> vitriolic animosity toward the man. I don't know. There's something that went down between those two individually that we're not privy to, is my well, guess. He, However, he says that he, if he was in Bose, he'd vote for him. <laughs> the contradictions are amazing, and on top of that, he's arguing that Max is scared of his own members. That is so ridiculous. I've never heard anything more outlandish, and that doesn't correspond with the reality that I'm seeing on the ground. And if people vote for PPC and he says they're supporting Trudeau, I'm going, no, the people who vote liberal are the only ones supporting Trudeau and get that thought out of your head. Another problem with this notion of PPCs maybe splitting the vote or taking votes away from conservatives is that they think that PPC supporters are naturally conservative voters. That's not true. You and I have met PPC members even people who ran for the PPC who are former liberals or NDP supporters or, and here's the vast majority of them, people who never voted in their life because they have absolutely no faith in either uh, of the parties that are normally there, the NDP, liberals and conservatives, or even the Green. They just stay at home, and that's about 25-30% of Canadians. But all of a sudden, Maxime comes along. Last election, he got 1.6% of the returns, and that's with all the press against him and bad-mouthing him, calling him xenophobic and all of that. They right. get 1.6, 300,000 people voting for him. This election, he's already polling at close to 6% nationally. You know, in, in my riding here, um, which is New Brunswick Southwest, the local candidate last week was polling at 7%. Now, you're saying to yourself, oh, 7%, he'll never win. But give your heads a shake, people. 1.6% the previous election, just two years ago, 7% now, 6 7%. I mean, that's enough to get you on the, 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 the stage. That's more than the Greens. That's more than the Black Quebecois. But, you know, what blew me away was when, when Frank was talking about how he'd rather see O'Toole's face as the one holding him down when he gets the jab rather than Trudeau. I, 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 I was just, I was stunned by that. I, 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 uh, I didn't know, what I, <laughs> my jaw was just hanging. And, and, you know, Frank thinks that a minority government doesn't do anything. That is so incorrect, okay? Yep, it's Traditionally... True. And we've learned this over 40 years of politics. Minority governments always spend more than majority governments because each party is appeasing the other one. And they don't want to call an election. So whenever any party wants something, the other parties give, give them everything they can to prevent that election. And I don't know, maybe, he, maybe Frank forgot that, you know, am I mistaken? Isn't this Trudeau government a minority government right now? It is. Well, they sure did a lot, didn't they? <laughs> they certainly did. They destroyed this country. Exactly. And guess why they did it? Because the Conservative Party let them do it. As a matter exactly. of fact, the Conservative Party under o- O'Toole actually asked for the implementation of the Emergency Measures Act. Yeah. I mean, they're the ones who really wanted this country to go down the tube. It would be a total tyranny. Well, it does a, a total tyranny now, but with the aid and abetting of the Conservative Party. Yeah, you got it. Well, maybe when we come back after the break, I can give some people an uplifting note because Maxime Bernier was in my neighborhood and uh, I met the man, I met some candidates and we'll have some audio bites of that meeting coming up. Please welcome the next Prime Minister of Canada, Mr. Maxime Bernier! 
Thank you, Nicolas. I'm very, very happy to be here. You know, I'm traveling across the country. I like my job. I'm proud to be Canadian, and I want to gain back our freedoms, and that's the most important for this campaign. I strongly believe that this campaign, this election, will be a kind of a referendum, because Justin Trudeau said when he started and launched the campaign a week ago last Sunday, he said, I want Canadians to judge me on the way um, I manage the COVID-19 crisis. <laughs> I'm saying yes to that. Yes, Mr. Trudeau, we will judge you on that. And we'll judge you on that because for us, we want to gain back our freedoms. And it's not you. I said that more than 18 months ago, that every business is essential, that we must reopen our churches, we must reopen uh, our school, Children must be able to go to school in person without any mask. It's a... Uh... What do you think of Erin O'Toole's rebuttal to the vaccine passport by saying that Canadians should be able to get on their buses, planes and trains, but only if they show a, a negative a negative test for the COVID? I mean, what are you supposed to do, get on a train and have a test, a, a quick test and get on there? I mean. Isn't that just as draconian? It is. It is because, you know, the cost of these tests are, are, are there. You know, it's about $250, uh, $250 for a test. So you need to do a test every time that you want to travel. Uh, but, you know, it's, um, it's irrelevant now if you are vaccinated or, or not vaccinated. It is irrelevant because everybody will have to show their papers. The vaccinated ones will have to show their vaccine passport. And by the way, the expiration date of the vaccine passport is, uh, is uh, it will be the next, uh, next December because if you have only two shots, your vaccine, uh, your, your vaccine passport will expired because they will ask you to have the third shots. So there's an expiration date. Every time you'll have to come back and have a new vaccine passport because you'll have to have a new shots, another shots. Justin Trudeau bought for $60 million uh, the booster shots until 2024. So your vaccine passport will be good, but only for a short time. Or sh- short time. And, and so the people who decided not to have the vaccine will have to show papers also, like you just said, maybe a negative COVID test before taking the plane, before taking the train, before taking a bus. Uh, everybody will have to show their papers. And that's why I said, I don't want a show me your papers society. We are in a free society. Wayne Wheeler. Wayne Wheeler has stepped up as a PPC candidate for Fundy Royal writing here in New Brunswick. Hi, Wayne. Uh, what, does, what was the deciding factor for you to run in an election, regardless of the party? Why would you want to get involved in an election? Someone had to. Someone's got to step up at times. And maybe this is my time, I'm not sure. But I'm sick and tired of what's going on. Uh, Freedom's being eroded. You know, the censorship going on, the waste of money is just beyond belief. And I don't think we were put on this earth to basically be slaves. 
I'm with Nicholas Pereira, who's the PPC candidate in St. John Rothsay here in New Brunswick. Nicholas, um, why the PPC? So I decided I want to get involved because I didn't like where our country was going. My background, I spent the last decade as a personal passion studying different cultures and philosophies. And so I have some knowledge of Marxist and communist philosophy. And what I started to see in our country uh, under the disguise of a pandemic was this Marxist philosophy being used. And so what Marxist philosophy looks like is state owns everything, government owns everything. And we as the people, um, you know, we, we, we work and we do everything for the state. And in those type of states, individual rights gets lost. I read all the platforms of every party. I definitely align with the PPC. I believe in freedom of choice, fairness, personal responsibility. And so I decided Max is the man and I'm getting behind this and we're gonna, we're gonna fight for freedom in this country. Jack Miner is a candidate in Beausajour for the People's Party of Candidate. Good day, Jack. Good day, good to be with you. So again, in your blogs that you've started writing about the current situation in the world, you seem to be a little more well-read and a little more steeped in history than uh, a lot of people out there. Um, giving proper definitions, I see, for um, things like fascism versus communism, socialism, and uh, the historical background to all of this. And now you're seeing Canada repeat what uh, history has, always, uh, has already shown us to be a, a, a disastrous course for totalitarianism and socialism. What's your take on Canada today under Justin Trudeau? He's a puppet government, and his, his role is to do what his masters do, and his handler, Christia Freeland, is regarded as his handler because he's not bright enough to know what to say. So she tells him what to say, and he says it. And there, he's not representing Canada at all. He's representing the World Economic Forum, George Soros, Bill Gates, and uh, I, I personally consider him utterly treasonous. And uh, would you think that Aaron O'Toole would be any better? He couldn't be worse. <laughs> <laughs> it's confusing the direction the conservatives have gone. And we, we have to wonder how much he is himself um, joined to the Borg. I mean, the, the, what we call the cabal or the fascist cabal is like the Borg from Star Trek, you know, and, and they put the pressure on you. It's, you know, you have to, you have to join the Borg and resistance is futile. And, and so many people buy into that notion that resistance is futile. And has, has uh, Aaron O'Toole bought into that? It, it looks like it, especially in his, especially in how he deals with vaccines, how he pushes the vaccines so hard right from the beginning. It's never made sense the way he has push the vaccine. Uh, Maxime Bernier and the People's Party of Canada, why choose this party instead of, for example, the Conservative Party? Mainly because we are not compromised in any, any way, shape or form with the globalists. I think that we are the only party which is going to restore sovereignty to Canada. Your impressions of Maxime Bernier as a leader? The fact that he has turned his back on the privileges that he had is really significant. He could have went all the way to the top if he had just, you know, compromised. And Maxim shows a lot of respect for the common people. I met him yesterday and I, I did not feel there was any pretentiousness that he was really 
pleased to meet me and he was pleased that I was running. Uh, there's a genuineness about Maxime that I really like. You're listening to Just Right, broadcasting around the world and online. And Robert, you had the opportunity out there in New Brunswick. Of course, I'm sitting here in Ontario, but you've had Maxime Bernie right there at your front doorstep, along with a number of other candidates who were very interesting and who can be seen. You can see all of these things in total on Just Right uh, video platforms. Basically just YouTube and Rumble. But YouTube took one video down from us before with Salim, so uh, we're relying mainly on Rumble now, but we still use the YouTube. Yeah, it's getting like that. So what was the experience like? How were, how did things look to you? Oh man, he was so well received. He came into uh, Sussex, in Sussex and uh, Quispampsis and St. John Rothsay, and he's in the St. Stephen area, which is near the main border. And then he's over on the west, uh, or the, sorry, the east coast in the Moncton uh, Beausjour area. And he was well received. It was great. It was a great day. We went down to the uh, Burton Park Banshell there, near the Eighth Hazars Museum. And uh, there was about 65 to 80 people there at any given time. Uh, he gave a great speech. I recorded it all. It's on our um, YouTube and Rumble channels. And you can hear that there. I interviewed him, asked him a couple of questions that he doesn't usually get asked, because everything these days is about the, uh, the Vax Pass. I asked him about Aaron O'Toole's socialist policies, and I can go into those. And um, also the uh, failed response of uh, Trudeau liberals in Afghanistan and Kabul, where over 2,000 people now, Canadians and Afghani allies, are uh, basically at the mercy of the Taliban, whom has been labeled the brothers of the liberal government. They actually had a minister say that the Taliban are her brothers. Now here's a woman who escaped basically Afghanistan calling these people, these terrorists, her brothers. How much more of a clown world can you get? Anyway, back to Maxime. Uh, Maxime's speech was spot on. He talked mainly about the kind of tyranny that we're undergoing here, especially with vaccination passports that people like um, you and I, Bob, who are not getting vaxxed, never intend to because we know too much about it. We've seen too many people suffer and die from the vaccination, so-called, and they're not even vaccinations. We're not getting it, and people like Trudeau want to marginalize or segregate this society, and Maxime's the only one out there saying that the sky is falling, but this is not just a chicken little. The sky is actually falling. <laughs> you know, we're, we're entering into a period of time in Canada that we will not recognize this country anymore. As a matter of fact, a lot of people are already there. They don't recognize this country. It's not the free country that it used to be. No way. This is not the country of my father who fought in Korea, or, or, or my uncles who fought in World War I, they came home to a free nation. They knew what it was about. They breathed the free air of Canada. Not anymore. No way. This is a tyrannical state. And as a matter of fact, Justin Trudeau more or less called himself a tyrant in a video where he said, people have called me a tyrant. Well, you know what the cure of tyranny is? An election. Right. Tacitly, basically agreeing that, yeah, he's a tyrant, so vote me out, suckers. <laughs> anyway, along comes Maxime Bernier, great man, very friendly. You can get, you know when you meet somebody, you can get a genuine appreciation for where they stand, right? Right. 
And you get that with Maxime. He's the genuine article. He's friendly, he's honest, as the day is long, and I understand that, of course, when he was um, in the ministry of uh, the Harper uh, conservative government, that, of course, you have to toe the line of the conservative government. And as a matter of fact, when he didn't toe the line, he started to publish his book um, about the dairy cartel in Quebec. He was warned from the Harper government not to do that, and then he basically had to leave because the dairy cartel and the, all, all that supply management stuff that the, was brought in by the Trudeau liberals and perpetuated by the Harper conservatives, he just couldn't take it anymore. And here you have this, this man who, by our own definitions, was of the Laurentian elite. Now, the Laurentian elite, from people who don't know Canada, um, the, the, um, the Laurentian River, or the St. Lawrence River, rather, um, runs basically, you can think of a Quebec City down to Toronto, okay? That whole corridor, Toronto, Ottawa, Montreal, Quebec City, that's where all of our movers and shakers and elitists came from. They were all educated at uh, Upper Canada College or the best schools. They all became lawyers or um, litigators and politicians and big businessmen. And uh, Maxime is really no different. He was the son of a very well-known and respected um, man in his community, his father, and he was an elite. There's no doubt about it. But you know something? Sometimes it takes a person like that to turn their back on the elite for us to believe that we can take our country back. And this man, this ex-elite, who gave up a career, who gave up huge perks to tell the truth, is putting his life quite literally, on the line um, to tell us that there's a better way. There's a better way. He's throwing the life preserver out there, and if we don't grab it, man, uh, you know, give your head a shake if we don't. That's all I can say. Well, it's amazing that you happen to be saying all of these things, Robert, because you're not alone in saying that. Coming up next on this side of the bumper is a brief comment made by Tanya Gaw to Laura Lynn Tyler Thompson on Laura's, Laura Lynn's uh, August 21st show, in which they are talking about Bernier and addressing some of the myths spread about Bernier, one of them being uh, a story that we heard from, from uh, Chris Skye in the audio bite that we played a few weeks ago on the show. And on the return side of our bumper, don't know the fellow's name, but he, his site is Raging Dissident the Third, I guess. And he's sort of doing what Frank Vaughn did, but on the total opposite side of the coin. He's taking a totally different view of how we should vote, and his anger is just as focused and as intense as is Frank Vaughn's. Let's listen in. And of course, we have an election coming up. We saw Maxime Bernier show up yes. at an event yesterday. That was so cool. It was, was cool. Awesome. He was His fantastic. His was crazy good. Boy, it was, he had tons of support. The crowd went wild. Uh, the reason is, is because Maxime Bernier, he's not just saying um, that uh, we don't believe in, in vaccine passports like Aaron O'Toole. He's mm -hmm. saying, um, you know, that basically he's saying total and outright choice. And he's very aware of what's going on. And he's begun writing. You've got to follow him on Twitter because he puts his perspective out there. That is the most unique 
perspective he, he, of all the candidates he has for leadership. been really he has stepped out on the front line as his knowledge has evolved as well and a lot of you can relate to that right some will think oh he's just uh, disingenuous because he wants votes no he's not he actually sees the writing on the wall now as well and he's actively involved and i just want to i just want to clarify something too i'm going to take a moment on maxine's behalf not that he needs defending in any way but uh there there was this writer back in the 2019 election i can't i won't even the guy was a nobody reporter and you couldn't even find him we think he was fake and he wrote this article about maxine being tied to soros and the tides foundation it is absolute bunk all right there is no truth to it uh they're going to try to discredit him and if you'll remember the conservative party hired um what was his name kinsella uh, Warren, Kinsella, Warren Kinsella to do a character assassination a hit, a hit job basically on him, on him and, and every candidate that he had calling and, us white supremacists yep. and racists and nonsense and and they've got the evidence that he was being paid I think it was like twenty two thousand dollars a month or some ridiculous amount and so you know what you guys don't be divided right now have the sense to really determine what you're being told we have four parties that are not worth voting for the liberals of course the ndp the greens and then now the conservatives i say they're all part of the same socialist party they're just wearing different colored hats a lot of people asking me about this election. Who do you think is going to win? What's going to happen? I mean, Trudeau is probably going to lose. Looks that way. I don't, I don't see how he he's going to win without massive amounts of vote fixing and you know what I mean? He's getting booed out of everywhere he goes. Everybody hates him and it's not because of his policies. It's because he's insufferable. He's not charming. He's not witty. He's not funny. He's, uh, a spoiled brat and he's an insufferable douchebag. That's why everybody wants him gone. And a lot of people that are now conservative voters, they think they're conservative. And they want Aaron O'Toole. Aaron O'Toole is going to save us. The conservatives, they're just liberals that don't like Justin Trudeau. A lot of people in Canada that are conservative voters are just, they just want Trudeau out of there. And a lot of people Several years back, when Trudeau got elected, were liberal voters because they wanted Harper out of there. You know, my dad said once, I'm tired of voting people out. Can we just vote somebody in for once? Where were the conservatives this whole time? The saviors, the pro-freedom, nationalist, Canadians, old school, they're not. They were wearing masks the whole time. They weren't out there at any of these rallies or demonstrations. They're not out there talking to people. They're not on Rebel News trying to help people, you know, fight the fines or any of this stuff. They don't care. Well, we're going to make some changes to the, the climate, the carbon tax. Our, 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 our climate agenda is very, you know, very beneficial. I don't give a sh about the climate agenda, the carbon tax. I don't care. I don't want to live in a communist dictatorship. I don't want to live in a medical, tyrannical dictatorship. 
I don't want my children to live in a world where they're going to have to have state-mandated injections every so many months. That's what's on everybody's mind. And you don't have the guts to even talk about it. You're not even going to... No, it's not real. And when they do mention it, you know what he said? Well, I, I respect the provinces. <laughs> they want to have a provincial passport. <laughs> this isn't a hard question, man. You're either pro-humanity and pro-freedom and pro-rights and pro-Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms, or you're not. This is like asking if you think it's okay if Quebec, you know, should have slaves or not. And your answer is, oh, well, if Quebec wants to have slaves, I mean, that's up to the provinces. And I, I mean, I, I, I don't really have an opinion because I'm a weak need little bitch. Uh, no, the answer is no. The answer is always no. No to segregation, no to a two-tier society, no to a medical dictatorship, period, end of story. How hard is that to do? And people think Trudeau's the problem. No. The only sane option is, is Bernier's party. It's the only one. He's the only one saying anything remotely sane. And that guy, they, they ousted him from the party, remember? Where is he allowed to go to the leadership debates? No. Why? The Green Party can go. Who's the Green Party leader? Does anybody even know her name? <laughs> it's not Elizabeth May. Nobody even knows who they are. The Bloc Quebecois can go. Why the hell is the leader of a nationalist separatist uh, Quebecer party in a federal leaders debate on how to govern the nation of Canada from Victoria Island to St. John's, Newfoundland. That doesn't make any sense at all. If these guys were shills and they're like, they're just there, they're just there to split the vote so, you, so the conservatives don't win, then why isn't he on TV? Why isn't he allowed to talk to anybody? Why are they censoring everything? Why are they throwing him in jail, man? That doesn't make any sense. And it's not vote splitting, okay? The conservatives aren't conservative. It's a name. It's a name. You know, it, it, like how they lie with words. Like, it's about health. This is about health. No, it's about, it's about uh, a tyrannical takeover in government power. It's tempting for people to want to vote. I've got to get Trudeau out, get the conservatives in. It, it's a false, uh, it's fool's gold. Aaron O'Toole is Doug Ford. You remember Doug Ford? You remember we just got to vote. We just got to get Kathleen Wynne out. You got to get Kathleen Wynne out. Oh, we got Doug Ford in. We got the conservative in. How's that working out for you, Ontario? We grew up on the fairy tale, apparently, that our way of life is that we're pro-individual sovereignty and freedom. And we don't segregate our society into, into different groups of us and them and the clean and the unclean and then mark them with stuff and then talk about what we should do with these other people. Does this sound familiar to you? Does this sound like the values and the society that these guys died for? Doesn't to me. You know who's okay with all this? The conservative party is. They're liars. It's what they do. They're professional liars. And this election is going to happen one way or another. It's vote, don't vote. It's happening regardless. Maybe you believe it's all rigged. Maybe you think it won't matter. Or maybe they're just, they're just going to steal the votes and move everything around. Well, then make them. Make them. Don't give them an inch. Don't give them anything. 
I'm at least going to make them steal my vote, make them do the work, if that's what they're going to do. The hell with the conservative party, man. It's enough. Yeah, somebody said vote PPC or don't vote at all. Yep. Raging dissent. <laughs> it reminds me of a lot of the other earlier people on social media, like a Frank Vaughn, who would get out there and just rant, or a Derek Harrison, you know, and they'd... Ordinary Canadians, truck drivers, farmers, fishermen, doesn't matter. They sit in their vehicles, they got their phones on, and they just go out there and vent. And the power of these people's passion is amazing. Social media is pushing that 20% that I was talking about at the beginning of the show, and it's growing because people listen to these people. They listen to their stories, and you and I both know the power of a story over facts and data and things like spreadsheets. And it's these stories and impassioned pleas that are increasing the numbers for the PPC, And for anybody who just wants to be critical of the government and the the paid-for scientists and the welfare journalists that we're surrounded with, and maybe you're right, you know, just to revisit what you said in the first quarter, maybe you're right that they're holding this election, not because of opportunism necessarily, that was part of it, but because they're running scared. And they want to secure their power before people actually find out what's going on through people like Raging Dissident. Because he's powerful. That's what people latch onto. They love that kind of stuff. That's right from the gut and from the head because this man is obviously informed. He's a veteran. You know, know, he's been around. He knows the score. And now he's just venting. And it's his venting that people just love because this is... This is just fantastic stuff. I love that stuff. I eat it right up. It's much better than <laughs> watching the politicians, you know, give their scripted lines and or, or, or Trudeau just not answering any questions at question period. Who wants to lis- listen to that? You know, or Aaron O'Toole up there with his foolish howdy-doody grin telling people that he's better at socialism than Trudeau. You know. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 it's terrible. And, you know, it's not just the urgency of the election. It's the urgency of all the vaccines that they're trying to get into people as quickly as they can. It's like they, it's like they know their time is running out in some sort of way. Because if, if these vaccines were so great, you know, they could be taking their time, being yeah. real easy about it. But that's obviously not the case. <laughs> and when a guy like um, this raging dissident fellow, you know, he talks about Trudeau is not going to win, that's a totally different take from what Frank Vaughn said. You know, it's not even his expectation that, that Trudeau will win, but that we'll have a minority government under the Conservatives, which, which seems to be a possibility from some of the polls we're seeing, but it's still very early in the election. Yes, three weeks to go. Yeah, anything can happen. How did you sense that the people you interviewed who are running for the PPC are feeling about their possibilities and why they're doing it, you know? Oh, well, that's one of the first questions I asked them. I interviewed Wayne Wheeler, who's running in Fundy Royal, and Nicholas Pereira, who's in St. John Rothsay. Now, Nicholas Pereira is a polished speaker. I mean, he's a sharp guy, and he had some great things to say when I asked him, what would you do for the people of St. John Rothsay? He said, 
nothing more or less than I would do for any other member of this country. I'm running federally. (laughs) Now, if you asked a conservative or an NDP or a liberal that question, they would say how much money they're going to hand out to the shipyard or to the oil refinery or to the brewery or whatever, right? But no, you get a PPC candidate. Listen, I'm running federally. I'm here for all Canadians equally. That's what you want to hear. Wayne Wheeler was a great guy. Now, this guy was... I had to ask him because I met him at his house one day um, to give him a couple of nomination signatures. And very down-to-earth guy. And so I was saying, like, why would you get involved in politics, Wayne? And his answer is just, like, somebody's got to do it. Somebody has to do it. And now we've got a full slate of candidates here in New Brunswick, of PPC candidates. As a matter of fact, there's more PPC candidates, at least at the time of uh, yesterday, than there were NDP candidates or Green candidates running federally. And, of course, the bloc don't even run federally, so they shouldn't even be on the stage. But, you know, and, and then Maxime can't even get on the leaders' debate. We've got more candidates than the Greens or the NDP running. And I think maybe even the Liberals better check that. However... So, so Wayne and um, Nicholas, great interviews. I think they made great candidates. And uh, uh, via Zoom, I interviewed the PPC candidate from Beausjour riding, uh, which is out on the east coast of New Brunswick by Moncton. Jack Miner, what an interesting man. Well read. I mean, we're talking about, like, I'd ask him the question, well, what do you think of Maxime? And he goes on into Roman history, saying, uh, equating him to Cicero. <laughs> yeah, it was fascinating. I loved it. And of course, these these things are all on our website. Additionally, too, you know, the, speaking of the numbers and the vote expectations, I know that something interesting just happened in um, not New Brunswick, but Nova Scotia, wasn't it? Yes, uh, yes. The uh, Liberals under Rankin in a provincial election uh, were ousted. Even though all the polls said that the Liberal Rankin-led Liberals will get back in, the polls were wrong once again, much like uh, with uh, Trump and um, the. Progressive Conservatives got uh, in. Now, mind you, the PCs in um, Nova Scotia are extremely left-wing, like like most PCs are. And uh, I don't hold out much change down in that province. But what was one interesting thing that happened there was that you had this one woman, um, oh gosh, I forget her name now, uh, Cross or Lacrosse or something like that. Um, She actually was part of the PCs, the Progressive Conservatives, and she went out and protested the border patrol at the uh, New Brunswick-Nova Scotia border, I believe, where she was uh, basically protesting the fact that you had to go and had to have a proper reason for entering the province or you'd be turned around, much like what happened in this province. Right. And the PCs, true to form, kicked her out of the party. (laughs) And this was while the election had already been called, I believe, so she ran as an independent she won. The people were behind her. They didn't care that uh, Houston, I think his name is the leader of the PCs down there, kicked her out. As a matter of fact, in protest, you could say, or because they agree with her message, they voted her in. Good for them. And good for her. Yeah, there's a different vibe out there, you know. And it's interesting, too, that that um, raging dissident there, he pointed out how even if they cheat during the election, which is a question I've had raised, you know, and brought to my attention. He says, so what? Force him to. Force him to cheat. That's sort of what happened with Trump, too, and they, they still couldn't beat him. All they could do is cheat. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I, I, at the beginning of the, when the writ was drawn up, I, I said to people, okay, if you're uh, People's Party people, get out there 
and become scrutineers, observers, because you know how the left work. The left operate by deceit and guile and deception. They are dishonorable people. Not all of them, obviously, because there's always a few out there. And, we're, and we are talking about our brothers and sisters and aunts and uncles and mothers and fathers who vote for these buffoons. However, the people involved, <laughs> the people involved in all this politics, be, people behind the scenes, they are lying, deceitful, deceptive people who will, do, do not even care that they take your ballot and tear it up or throw it away or plug in some other number if you're working with a machine. We've seen it down in the United States. Totally dishonorable people. Don't trust them. Sign up to be a scrutineer, to be there on the day of the election to make sure that the ballots are counted properly. Number one. The thing is that on, we on the so-called right are too trusting. We trust our institutions. We trust our um, politicians. We trust human nature to be good. And sorry to burst your bubble, but if anything happened in this last two years, it, you should realize that people are not necessarily good. There's a huge chunk of people out there who are absolutely evil and they're psychopathic. And they don't give a jot about your life. Don't trust them. And there's another group who are just ignorant and don't know any better one way or the other. And they don't know who to trust, which is where we started the show. Anything to wrap up with, Robert? Only don't be complacent. We are in a fight for our lives. Now... It's funny, I can remember talking about the same sort of thing every election. Oh, this is the election that is the defining election. Well, I can look back at that and say, oh my God, how little did I know? How could I have predicted that this election would put all of those others to shame as far as its importance? You can't believe how important this darn election is. Get out there and vote and don't be conned. Vote for the People's Party of Canada. Bob and I endorse that party and its leader, Maxime Bernier. Put that guy in power. I don't care if it's just a couple of seats. He will set the agenda. Everybody will be looking at him. All eyes will be on Maxime Bernier if he wins in both or any other candidate who wins. Yep. They'll be like, in a sense, they're like the NDP. The NDP now in, in the House of Parliament, they set the agenda. They've never been the government, but they set the agenda and the conservatives, liberals fall over each other trying to placate them and implement their policies. Let that be Maxime and the PPC. Get them into the House and you will see things change. I agree. You know, it's always the party of principle that sways the non-principled parties, always. And there has never been a party of principle on the right anywhere in any legislature or parliament. And again, as I made clear on last week's show, Just Right fully endorses the People's Party of Canada in the September 20 election. And Robert, I remember the last time we did so in the previous federal election, I reminded our listeners that this show is called Just Right, not Just Popular. <laughs> and, <laughs> and for views that are always just and right, be sure to join us again next week when we will continue our journey in the right direction. And until then, be right, stay right, do right, act right, think right, and be right back here. We'll see you then. Fade into color, color into black and white. Under the bedclothes, everything will be alright. You guys like Jagmeet? The emergence of Jagmeet, huh? That guy's cool. I like Jagmeet. You watch Jagmeet on TV, you're like, ah, that guy should be somebody.
right? He should. Instead, he's the leader of the NDP. Like, oh. right? <laughs> Maxim Bernier. Yeah, supporters of Maxim Bernier. Maxim Bernier is like the pretzel at the party mix. <laughs> Who the f let that in? 